was the night before Christmas vacation. And the fun was in full swing. You have split our family onto two separate flights. Mom! Max, please! The family left for their big vacation. Is that everyone? The cars are leaving now! But forgot one little thing. Mom? Dad? Uncle Blake? They don't even know I'm here. They don't even know I'm here. My mom and dad have gone to Tokyo. I'm totally on my own. Did you realize that my 10-year-old son is at home by himself? You just assumed Max was on the other flight. We didn't take a census. We got reports of suspicious people around 36 Lincoln Ave. I can't go to jail, honey. I wouldn't last 30 seconds in Gen Pop. It's where fresh fish get got. Look at us being adults. Um, speaking of being adults, I figure, if it's okay with you, I think now is the time we should tell the audience like why we have to take a longer break than normal yes i was gonna ask you because matt portman asked if we were gonna be doing a mighty ducks episode and he wants to be on it as a guest well he's more than welcome to be on the episode but we're not doing it uh for at least a while exactly that's what Um, i told him i said we you know if we ever do like a sports movie season which would be fun which would be very fun that we would definitely have him on but i was like tony will explain why we have yeah. a shorter season so this yeah. is perfect time so yeah so what's what's happening is in march my uh we're my wife and i are having another baby um Yay! so uh so we are going to be on a break for longer than normal and I do want to bring the show back uh, because I've already started pitching season six ideas to Nadia, and they're terrible. Yeah, they're really <laughs> horrifying and scary. <laughs> really bad. Um, uh, I do want to bring it back. We just don't know uh, when yet because um, I'll have to uh, help raise a newborn. And I just want the audience to know that when I told Nadia uh, this several months ago, the first thing, the like the first thing she said was... Congrats on blasting a load in your wife. <laughs> I am so sorry. That's. I know uh, that it's like become part of our lexicon of when we, how we speak with each other. But at the time, I was like, "Oh, that was the wrong move." <laughs> it's you know it it's interesting because I I think about this a lot and it's kind of what my my last book Rosemont was about, which is like you know how do you become a dad and how do you like raise a, a person in a world that feels like it's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's tough to kind of process all that and think through it and, and what, you know, how do you teach your daughter to, to be the kind of person that will make the world better? It's very challenging. But on the other hand, I do have wonderful friends that are like, oh, cool. She let you hit rock. And <laughs> <laughs> Trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground. I saw the sign, but it was misleading. I thought the love of the law was cheating. Screaming for help, but the body keeps on telling me to settle down. But please be honest, and tell you as a joke. Christmas time! Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to Probably Should've Known Better. I'm a tiny little asshole. 
Just kidding. It's me, Nadia Vasquez, and you're listening to Probably Shoulda, our 69th episode of Probably Shoulda. Episode 69, baby. Nice. And I am joined, as always, by my bestie, Tony Ginocchio. So, you know, in England, instead of Merry Christmas, they say, our queen has been dead for six weeks. (laughs) She really has. She really has, though. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, Happy Christmas, because that always threw me off when I would watch a Harry Potter movie. Yes. Happy Christmas, Harry. And I was like, fuck that. It's Merry. Now, we are recording this on the 14th, and this episode's going to drop on probably the 22nd or 23rd, depending on how fast I can get the edits done. How funny would it be if in between now and when the episode drops, they finally do announce that the queen has been dead this whole time? (laughs) My favorite are the speculations that the queen is just getting new titties. I think that's really funny. But somebody said... That they were lining up her announcement with some sort of event in the new year, possibly in February. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what it is. My theory, as I have said, was der- to release that information when the Princess Diana movie came out, but they didn't Which do it. Made perfect sense to me. Like honestly, yes. I thought, you really convinced me that was what it was. I mean, I'm really good at conv- like I really do also <laughs> believe that Avril Lavigne died, and that the person that we see as Avril Lavigne is her, you know, stand-in person. Like I really believe it. <laughs> so you know, I can come up with things and then believe them immediately. Yeah. I I'm very uh passionate. You're good at persuading yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I live in delusion every day, but uh, I really do think that the queen is dead. Yeah, no, she is dead. And what's also (laughs) dead, I would say, is my sense of joy (laughs) and and whimsy (laughs) (laughs) as we... uh, As we close out the live-action Disney series, I said, well, golly, uh, we should probably do something from the Disney Plus era. And as it turns out, there was a Disney Plus exclusive movie that just came out about a month ago, uh, which happens to be an extension of a very successful film franchise, the first installment of which we've also watched. Yes, we have. Uh, and this new movie is called Home Sweet Home Alone, uh, released in <laughs> November 2021, starring uh, a real piece of shit <laughs> named Archie Yates. I know I say he's like 12, but, um, just, I hate him so much. Uh, Wait, hold also, on. Do you think that he's one of those kids that he's like brand new to the industry and he like Googles everything he's in and then it's gonna, this podcast is gonna pop up and he's gonna listen to it and he's gonna be like, they think I'm a piece of shit. I'm not gonna tag him in that. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he was also in Jojo Rabbit, although I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Um, and no, then he's too big to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um it also stars what's it, so I don't man, I just I got a lot of thoughts on this movie because it's one it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. It just I would say the worst one this season. Wow, um, I didn't think so, but I will probably be convinced. Yeah, but the other thing is this is a this is a movie where it feels like they tried. They really did. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought that the main little child that we're supposed to adore, root for and adore, is the worst part of the movie. Unbelievably What a cast. Let's talk about the cast. 
Okay, I got it up here. So the the two leads and playing the two thieves, although as we'll learn, their their situation is very different than uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Ellie Kemper uh, as Pam, former uh, Veiled Prophet, Queen of Love and Beauty, 1999, of course. Uh, and then uh, as Jeff, Rob Delaney. Oh like, my God, I've never seen him act in anything. I'm only his one of his biggest fans on Twitter. The man who invented being gross on Twitter. Yes! Like. <laughs> he is the the king of cum. <laughs> the, ki- the king of joking about cum. Like, yeah. And it, I know you say you haven't seen him act before. You should check out his uh, series he did for the BBC, and I think it's on Amazon Prime, uh, called Catastrophe. Which yeah, he, Carrie Fisher's in that, right? Carrie Fisher is in that, okay. yes. And, I will uh, definitely she, do that. Yeah, Sharon Horgan. It is so funny. Um, it makes me laugh so hard. I absolutely love it. And then on top of on top of those two leads and like Ellie Kemper, I know like I think is fine. Like I think yeah, I, I liked her in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but I really liked Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because the writing um, more right. so than the acting. Right. Um, but like Keenan Thompson is in this. Uh, Delightful. Chris yeah, and, and is very funny in it. Mm-hmm. Timothy Simons, Jonah from Veep, is in this, and he's really funny. Yes. Uh, Chris Parnell has a small role. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. Andy Daly, one of the funniest people in the world, man who created one of the funniest TV shows ever made, Review with Forrest McNeil, has one scene in this. Uh, Pete Holmes uh, does a terrible job, but it's actually probably his best acting job in I his agree. career. I agree. I was going to say, he was bad, but he was good for... <laughs> He's good for Petey Holmes. He's good for Pete Holmes. Um, <laughs> it's just like they, and then uh, Mikey Day, uh, who is a cast member on SNL, wrote uh, the screenplay for this, and the story is, I, I, John Hughes has a story credit, although that could just be because he wrote the original Home Alone. I think that uh, might be the case, because I don't think he would have allowed this to happen. It's just, and, and Home Alone, obviously the original Home Alone movies were uh, produced by 20th Century Fox, which Disney has since acquired, um, and taking a franchise which at one point had the highest grossing live action film of all time. <laughs> and uh just turning it into just uh just one for the shit pile you can dump on your (laughs) streaming service quick question Uh, isn't there a second writer who also is on snl um let me see uh streeter sedell uh it looks like it's the second credited screenwriter you're right and he is a writer for snl okay cool yeah yeah in in the repertory i feel yeah he's just a writer yeah, I feel like, well, first of all, just not a writer. Ju- not just a writer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Let me go back to our SNL season real quick. That is rude. Uh, no, I think I think these guys were like, hey, uh, I have a sketch idea. What if we just make Home Alone, but we make Harry Potter the main guy, and then he's alone at Hogwarts, and there are these like guys who are trying to like steal his invisibility clo- cloak. <laughs> And, and Which, then, by the way, the hardest possession to steal from Harry Potter. <laughs> right. So basically, they were just like, let's just remake a Harry Potter movie. And then Lauren was like, you guys need to have a sketch for, you know, Billie Eilish. And they're like, well, let's just make this a movie. And yeah. I think that's what happened because this yeah. is not great. And it was worth it because all those sketches with Billie Eilish in it were great. And we're all still talking about them today. <laughs> but... <laughs> I gotta be honest, I haven't watched the new season because I don't care, but... Uh, well, yeah, you've watched some of the you sent some of the Do Not Destroy stuff, which is cute. Yeah, um, yeah, they're cute. Yeah. They're cute. <laughs> um, but, 
it, so this movie is um I don't know how to describe it because uh, Jim Rash is in this. He's really funny. He's um, like, so great. Listen, I think this was an idea that they had to get all yeah. of the, their friends in a movie together, but they had to string it all together somehow. And then they brought in this child because you have to have a child for Home Alone. But it's just, it's complicated because they're trying to get you emotionally trying to reinvent the wheel of like pranks and that yeah. doesn't work and no. then they got an insufferable child <laughs> to be the lead bad child. and why why the fuck is he british why is he because <laughs> his mom is british and that's how this, they justified it the story set in winnetka in, in, or uh waukegan illinois i think but is I mean, his dad is andy daly so you know he his mom probably moved here and then his dad was never around so he grew up with an accent you can cast an American in that role. This is the thing these British people are coming over. They're taking our jobs. You know what? I, I don't I don't disagree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, why? It's because they're in a panic because their queen is dead. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, so so what this comes down to is um uh the script is pretty lazy but everyone in it is probably funny enough to make it watchable except yes. the main character agreed and yes 100 he ruins it uh, so. yeah i kind of was like let's just delete him out and i'd rather watch the other stuff right so like like rob delaney gets some good laugh lines in here that that legit made me laugh like that's a bad code made me laugh very hard <laughs> very good but did you notice there were kind of more earnest lines that he had to say that i think you know the network was or the studio was probably like hey like this needs to be sentimental in some way and mikey day was like oh you didn't like the come and fart jokes okay fine <laughs> and then they made him say things like merry christmas and you know yeah. that kind of bullshit and you could tell he was uncomfortable it's not believable him yeah. being him and it, like and like everything i know about the guy is that he's an extremely like kind nice person yes he, wonderful um, human being like very uh honest and sweet but yeah, for some has, reason uh, doesn't yeah, feel he, genuine when he's being sincere yeah it only works as a comedic actor when he's being an asshole yeah and he's, and he's good at it and he's that in catastrophe and he's great at it but like yeah it does not come across. a man who, who has like lived through unbelievable darkness in his life like, is a re is a recovering alcoholic like who almost died because he drove his car into the la department of water and power like oh, it, it just God. like his book is great <laughs> Like he's he's a, he's a man I admire a great deal, and he's not funny enough to save this. No, I don't. I don't think this is salvageable. <laughs> it's very um, sad. So Nadia, why don't you talk us through the plot, and in particular, how is this different from the original Home Alone, which was, of course, uh, directed by Chris Columbus. This one is directed by Dan Mazur, whom I've never heard of. <laughs> okay, so. The story is not about the child. And the child, I didn't know his name in the movie until the very end. His name is Max. <laughs> That's how well written that was. So uh, the child is a secondary character to Jeff and Pam. Jeff being 
what's his name? Holy shit. Rob, Rob Delaney. Wow, my brain just completely <laughs> sh- It's the holidays, everyone. Rob Delaney and Pam being Ellie Kemper. And they're super struggling. You know, this is very true to real life. They're having trouble paying their mortgage, so they're deciding to sell their house. And Keenan Thompson is their realtor. They don't want to tell the kids that they're selling the house. They kind of want to see what kind of offers they get. Uh, but they're on their way to... Uh, they Wait, hold on. Let me think about this because I'm mixing up families. <laughs> That's how great this is. Okay. So they're, they're having a hard time. They want to sell their house. And then the little child has to go to the bathroom, Max. And his mom stops at an open house, which is at Jeff and Pam's house. And he uses the bathroom and is basically a little shit to Rob Delaney. For no reason. For no reason. For no Just reason because whatsoever. he's a spoiled little shithead. Uh, And then Rob Delaney shows him these old dolls that belonged to his mom. And the little child, uh, like, makes fun of them. He's, like, a little asshole about it. And then ultimately leaves. Rob Delaney believes, Jeff, that the child stole the doll. He discovered that the doll is worth a lot of money, $200,000 or more. Yeah. It's a big deal. So if Rob Delaney can sell this doll, it, like, they can keep their house. All, right. all their financial problems are done. Rob Delaney's laid off, but he can now keep his family afloat. But he thinks this shitty little British kid stole his doll. Yes, exactly. And the shitty little British kid, first of all, okay, the, this one thing that really made me laugh was he was like, I hate being around my cousins all the time. They have a giant house. So in, they're in this... Enormous. Winnetka, Illinois. Yeah, so they have this huge house in Illinois all of their family is there because everyone's on their way to Tokyo because like a home alone thing, they have to do some sort of international flight to give the mom enough time to fly. But (laughs) it's not, it's not like a mom that you're rooting for because she's also awful. Pete Holmes is the uncle. Everybody's scrambling. They leave the child behind. Home alone begins. So, but so Rob Delaney's like, I know where this child lives because I paid attention to details that they said. So let's go get the doll back from this kid. And then a bunch of other shit happens that doesn't really matter. And then there's just a bunch of shenanigans. And then there, it becomes you actually sympathize with the thieves because right. you want them to get that doll back from that horrible, horrible villain child. That's the thing, is the kid is the hero, but he's being mean to these people I like. Yes! And, like, you know, when Marvin, Marvin Larry, Marvin Harry, when, Harry. when, Harry, when Marvin Harry were breaking into Kevin's house in the original Home Alone, like, they wanted to murder Kevin. Right, like, because they originally stated. just wanted to steal, but yeah, then Kevin <laughs> fucked with them, and they were like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Wasn't clear why they jumped to murder so quickly, but they did. And... <laughs> Um, and so Kevin, uh, in the 20 minute scene where Macaulay Culkin tortures two grown men, <laughs> um, Kevin is acting out of, uh, some, some level of self-defense, which is justified through the writing. Absolutely. Um, because otherwise he would be toast. He would be dead. He would yeah. be dead. Um, this, uh, movie is what Roger Ebert, you know, would call an idiot plot, which is... <laughs> The only reason the movie keeps going is because everyone involved is an idiot. And if you have a single 90-second conversation, the movie would end. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. This movie could have been 20 minutes long. You know what this could have been? A sketch. 
on Saturday Night Live. Because <laughs> Rob Delaney thinks the kid has his doll. Spoiler, he doesn't. Right. The kid thinks that Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are coming to kidnap him and sell him into, like, human sex trafficking. Yeah, but to, like, grandmas. <laughs> yeah, and so... Very disturbing. Um, yeah, so um, they misunderstand each other, which leads to basically what you saw in the original Home Alone, a 20-minute scene of this kid torturing uh, two adults. The problem is you like the adults this time. Yeah, and the 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 torture goes on for way too long f- towards people who you like. Yeah. So which it's is not... like, I want this child to fall down the stairs. I would like this uh... child to be... Stabbed like, with tick t- tick. What are those called? Thumbtacks. Yeah, like like Rob Delaney. At, well, Marvin Harry, um, didn't murder the kid. No. And uh, Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper were never gonna murder the kid. But while you're watching this movie, you're gonna be saying to yourself, "Could they murder that kid? W- would they please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would they please murder that kid? I don't like the way this movie made me homicidal towards a child." <laughs> This is this is not the worst I've ever felt watching a movie, but this is the worst a movie has ever made me. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's beautifully said. I really uh, felt aggressive after I watched it. I was like, I need to take a nap. <laughs> so, uh, so it's bad. It's bad. Don't watch it. Um, this came out on Disney Plus Day on November twelfth. Uh, along with, uh, I think Cruella came off of, like, uh, exclusive access, premium access or whatever on the same day. Um, and I haven't seen Cruella. Uh, it's probably better than this, even though the opening scene is a Dalmatian (laughs) shooting Cruella's mom with a gun. And so, (laughs) before we get into the movie in detail, um, former current events, Nadia, or should I say current current events, because it's 2021, the year that we're currently in yes current current events 2021 baby yeah not a great year not a great year not a great year and i gotta tell you bud i didn't realize how uh disconnected i was to popular culture because i'm not on tiktok so i'm not i'm not gonna be sharing yeah the mountain goats really hit it big with one of the tiktok trends i i heard about that never saw it because i refuse to download that app uh i already have enough going on you know what i mean (laughs) i don't need that um so i'm gonna skirt over a lot of things that i don't know and this is gonna probably date me that i'm in my 30s and i do not care but i do have some things to share because i cannot believe that they happened just this year uh, including President Biden's inauguration. Yeah. I, I can't believe Lady it. Gaga singing the national anthem. Lady Gaga. We got J-Lo throwing in her own lyrics from her own song. <laughs> in a medley of American that's classics. A, that, that's such a big dick move, honestly. You know what? It's Mad like, respect. Mad respect. Yeah, and it's like, was, uh, guess what? We're... We're dropping Let's Get Loud into this. Oh, yeah. She really fucking went for it. We also got the Bernie Sanders meme of him in his gloves with his cool jacket. That meme lasted probably a little too long. Uh, Bridgerton was the biggest show that Netflix had ever had until Squid mm-hmm. Game came out. Mm-hmm. It was, so it was a really big year for Netflix. Uh, the Bachelor also featured their first black bachelor and then ended in complete disaster because the girl he ended up picking was a flaming racist. Oh, okay. wait. The, okay, well, that, to some degree, first of all, 
<laughs> I know I just started like four different sentences there. <laughs> first of all, uh, if you had said, hey, what year was the first Black Bachelor? I would have guessed an earlier year than 2020. I know, I know. Well, there was, a, there was a Black Bachelorette like three or four years uh, ago. Okay. And she was great. Rachel, we love her. But um, this one took I, a while. How'd the racist uh, advance so far, I guess? I mean, look at Ellie Kemper. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> look, I don't fault Ellie Kemper, Kemper or Kempfer, whatever. <laughs> I don't fault her for being the Veiled Prophet Queen of Love and Beauty 1999 because she, like she was like a high school student. Then. Yeah. Like, um, I, <laughs> it is an extremely weird story. <laughs> it's very weird. And no, when it, she's been on a lot of podcasts to do yeah. press for this movie. And she obviously nobody brings that up. And I'm just like, this is a really big elephant in the room. I think you should say yeah. something. But she doesn't. Uh, okay. Well, um, I'm sorry. So Black Bachelor, whose name I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope... I hope you find love at some point. <clears throat> but does he deserve it? I don't know. A lot of people on there are not great people. Anyway, <laughs> this was a big year because Benifer got back together. That's right. Ben Affleck and That's Jennifer right. Lopez got together. She dumped A-Rod. He had a whole meltdown on Instagram, but she got back with Benifer. What a what a delight that has well, and been. Now, and now we have a new meme uh, of them. Have you seen it? They're like at the basketball game. Yes, and, and she's annoyed like, with him. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. He's yes. like whispering to her and then the second frame is that she's annoyed yes. and it's just chef's kiss. Lovely. <laughs> um, this was, listen to this. This was this year. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle left the throne. Yes, that's and right. did a tell-all interview with Oprah. Forgot that that happened. It's like the queen is racist and also dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a lot of really horrible and sad things came to light, but Harry, Prince Harry is now the uh, chief um, like psychology officer or whatever for um, this like coaching uh, company where they help people with their mental health and also just like career coaching. So he's like giving back, which is pretty cool. And he's taking his money and his fame and he's putting it into actually helping people because he finds mental health to be really important. And I respect that. Okay. What a cool guy. Prince Harry. Good for you. Thank you. So another huge thing, and all of us know this is Brittany was finally freed from her conservatorship yes. that she was imprisoned under for 13 years uh, after a bunch of uh, documentaries came out. And, but ultimately it was her fans that got her a better uh, they got people to pay attention. So she was able to mm -hmm. get a better lawyer, get rid of her horrible fathers, suck my nuts, Jamie Lynn Spears. <laughs> and it's just, it's so exciting. It's, this is great. She's also uh, yesterday posted about Diane Sawyer and how that interview after uh, she mm -hmm. broke up with Justin Timberlake looks like really traumatic and awful. And I was just like, yes, drag them girl. Well, and and I mean, I sent it to you that Justin Timberlake is going to be putting out a, uh, I think a book, oh. is what it is, and it's um, I gotta get the title right, um, because it's called like hindsight and the things I can't see in front of me, and I sent uh. I sent you the the tweet that's like it looks like a joke from Pop Star. It does. It does. It also sounds like a Fallout Boy song lyric or title. Yes. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh. Oh, I actually got it right. Hindsight and all the things I can't see in front of me. Oh, yeah. He wants to justify the Janet Jackson boob thing and the Britney thing? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> good for you, Justin Timberlake. I'm going to 
suck on my nuts also. Anyway. <laughs> Look, we're going to have a lot of people sucking on Nadia's nuts by the end of this episode. <laughs> okay, so 2021. Cannot believe this happened this year, but there was a Friends reunion. <laughs> a lot of Botox, a lot of veneers, a lot to experience. Uh, the Ever Given got caught in the Suez Canal, and it was one of the most fun times on the internet there has been in quite a long time since probably the, COVID hit. That was a very fun time. Um I, that was very fun because it, it's like a thing that's bad, but nobody got hurt. Exactly. <laughs> and it, one of my favorite tweets that came out of it was Mark Wahlberg is hoping that the Ever Given blows up. Otherwise, he knows it's a Tom Hanks joint, <laughs> which is so true. That's good. good. That's good. <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry. Please, you know, about... please uh, edit out my disgusting throat sounds. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> what, <laughs> what about... Um, what about Nicki Minaj's friend who got vaccinated and then uh, his balls got huge? That was also 2021. <laughs> I think about that daily. Yeah, so there was. Her, a, it was like her cousin's friend. It was or her cousin's was... fiance or something. <laughs> like her cousin's fiance's friend. Like it wasn't even someone she immediately knew, but she just heard yeah. about. And yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> Every time my friends got a vaccination, I asked how their balls were, even if they didn't have balls. <laughs> it's just too perfect. But uh, yeah, so that was a crazy year. Let me talk to you, because I always mention the top songs of the year. And I yes, got to admit, I don't know a lot of these, Tony. I really am completely Driver's disconnected. License? Yeah. Driver's license? Top song, Levitating by Dua Lipa. I know who she is. I haven't heard that song. Okay. Okay. Uh, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande. I think I was the one that lent this to being so <laughs> high up, because that's a great song. Uh, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. He had a big year. Uh, okay. Mood by 24K Golden featuring Ian Dior. Never heard of them. No, no idea, yeah. And then your girl Olivia Rodrigo with Good For You at number five. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> fuck, sorry. Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring SZA. Sure. Love sure. them. Uh, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, uh, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Okay. So that's fine. I'd have never heard that. Uh, Driver's License. She made it on the top 10. Because I still fucking love you. That's how that song Can't goes. stand that song. Uh, oh, and then my boy Lil Nas X at number nine with Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Nice. And then the final huge song of the year was Peaches by Justin Bieber. Featuring okay. Daniel Caesar and Givon. I don't know. I don't know a lot of this music. Well, I I'll feel tell you what, very old. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange feeling to be like, I know who that is, but I've never heard the song. Now I know what a mom feels like. <laughs> um, well, that's great. And, you know, um, uh, 2022, we have so much to look forward to. The Harry Potter reunion is coming back. Yes. J.K. Rowling is explicitly not invited. Yes, fuck her. <laughs> fuck J.K. Rowling. I don't know if it's obvious, but this podcast is very anti-J.K. Very, very anti-J.K. Rowling. I'm just, because uh, she, she fucking did it again, like, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, just... I wish that she... It, the, the moment that she told us Dumbledore was gay, I was like, somebody needs to stop her. Yeah, turn off her internet. Yeah, give because... her do the thing they did with Creed in the office and open up like a Word <laughs> document and tell her that's the internet. <laughs> yes, she gets progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and no. worse. And you know, I think her represented her representation, including her publicists, probably you know died or. <laughs> 
I don't know. Quit. It is in the process of ending their own life. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't know how she's going to, she's never going to come back from this. She's no. doubling down on everything and it's really unfortunate. It's really bad. Now, you, but you remember though, there were hints of it like in book seven when uh, Harry comes back to Hogwarts and Neville's like, it's good you're back, Harry. Things are tough here. The Caros are torturing students. Snape is the headmaster. Students can use whatever pronouns and bathrooms <laughs> they want, even if they don't correspond with the gender that those students were assigned at birth. You know what's really funny is I, I reread the books this summer, and in book four, Rita Skeeter is described as having man hands, and she's a villain. Right, right. which is, yes, which is the, the most egregious insult <laughs> J.K. Rowling could think of. She was like, her hair is uh, in tight curls, and her hands look like she's a man. Uh, oh, Christ. Fuck, fuck her. Yeah, um, fuck turfs. Just, if, if you're a turf, turn this fucking podcast off and, turn this, and die. <laughs> You know what? If you're a turf, you know what you deserve. Turn this off, and you know what you got to turn on. Home sweet home alone. <laughs> you know what? If you are not a turf and you still want to watch it, so that you know what we're talking about, feel free. But why would you do it? Why would you do it? Uh, we open in suburban Chicago, the greatest city in the world. <laughs> every uh, I feel like every movie sets is taking place there. What is happening? Well, I, you know, here it, when we did the SNL season, every movie did take place there, yeah. basically, <laughs> because I think so many of those stars came up through Second City at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so they were like, oh, yeah, we'll set in Chicago. That'll be fun. Um, and this one, obviously, is set in Chicago because the first one, or in Chicago land, I should say, um, because the first one was set in Chicago land, and the first one was set in Chicago land because it was a John Hughes movie. Right, um, right, right, so, right, right, right. Uh, so all that said, we open on, uh, a modest single family home in the North suburbs, uh, where Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are having their open house, uh, with their <laughs> realtor, Keenan Thompson. Uh, what a delightful man. I love his TV show. If, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Which is just called Keenan, right? Yes, correct. And Chris Redd okay. is his brother and I'm obsessed. Oh, nice. Um, so... Uh, it kind of, we, we kind of get going right away. It's only a 90 minute movie. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> thank God for that. And thank God for that. Cause, uh, this really just fucking blows. But, um, there is like a scene where Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are trying to sell their home to this young hipster couple. And the, the woman is, um, pretty sure is Esther Pavitsky. Yeah, it from, is. <laughs> from, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend. I was like, how um, did she afford, how could she afford this house? <laughs> First of all, was the most unbelievable part of that. She's our age, and she's buying a giant house. I don't think so. <laughs> well, so uh, so they're trying to sell the house. Ellie Kemper's trying to move it, and Rob Delaney is obviously sabotaging the sale. Right. Right. Yeah, he says that the local school has been really great because they just installed metal detectors. Yeah. Uh, and some other dumb little jokes mm. here and there. Some other dumb little jokes. And, and we it comes out that basically Rob Delaney is really uncomfortable selling the house. It was where he wanted to grow old together with his wife and his family. Um, but because he's been laid off for months now, they're eating through their savings. They can't afford to keep the house anymore. It's actually a, a, a really kind of a bummer of a story. Yeah, and very real and relevant. V to very 2021, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, the uh, And so uh, what what we what happens is we cut to the british kid and his british mom no explanation why they're british <laughs> um driving through 
driving through Winnetka, and the kid's like, Mom, I have to wee in the loo, or whatever <laughs> British people say. And uh, the the mom is like, okay, they're having an open house, or as we call it, the Queen's Lorry or something. And so... <laughs> Uh, so they, they, they go in, and this is where uh, Max, the kid, confronts Jeff, Rob Delaney's character, for the first time. Yes, and he tells him that he looks like... for no reason. Yeah, he's like, you look like Frankenstein. And Rob Delaney's like, you th- do you think you mean Frankenstein's monster? And uh, then was like, wow, you know, your dolls are really girly. And was just a little shit. Listen. I hope this child never hears what I'm about to say. (laughs) But if I was that insufferable of a child, I would have asked my mom to be like, don't put me in front of a camera. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I'm thinking of, like, when he grows up and, like, he's got a copy of this movie in his house. What if his kids want to watch this one? They're like, you were in a Home Alone movie, Dad? Like, the same Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin? Kieran Culkin's brother? And, then, <laughs> and, and, uh, and he'll be like, oi, yes, I was in it. And he'll turn it on. And I got a million of these fucking jokes. So I got in a it? padding. My daughter has a Paddington doll, and I make him talk like that all the time. So I... <laughs> So, um, he's going to watch this as an adult and he's going to be like, oh my God, I hate myself. Yeah. You know, there's one thing if you're playing a character, I don't think this child's playing a character. I think he legitimately is that spoiled and awful. And they were just like, he's not acting at all. He's natural. He's just, he's so spoiled and awful. Even if it is a character, it's not a likable character. And like Macaulay Culkin's character in the original was a little shit, but like you grow to be sympathetic for him because they they make him pretty miserable over the course of the movie. Yeah, and also he is very likable. This child that they cast is completely unlikable, which I think is a detriment to the story. It's an enormous detriment to the story. Yeah, Uh. but ultimately he asks Rob Delaney if he could have an orange soda, and Rob Delaney's like, actually you should ask your parents because they're pretty sugary, and he throws a little bitch fit about it, and Mm -hmm. eventually the mom shows up, and she's like, oh, look at this. He says, look at this guy. Doesn't he look like Frankenstein? And the mom, equally awful, says, you know, I think you mean Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Again, with that stupid joke. And it's mean. Yeah. So they're like, oh, your dolls are weird because he has one doll with like an upside down head. And they're like, oh, can I have an orange soda? No. Okay. So those are the two Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's soda <laughs> and Chekhov's doll. <laughs> Chekhov's Chekhov's shithead also. And Chekhov's shitty kid. (laughs) And so, uh, so anyways, the Brits leave. Um, But we've now introduced our main characters. Rob and Ellie's kids are, I'm just going to call them Rob and Ellie. Rob and Ellie's kids are coming home and they don't know that their parents are trying to sell the house. (laughs) Like hiding the brochures and they're like, (laughs) Keenan doesn't know what to do. So the kids open the door and Keenan just like turns to the side and stands still like a statue. (laughs) And he's holding a bouquet of balloons. He's holding the balloons. (laughs) From the open house to let people know that that's where the open house is. And, And he's like, ah, I am your dad's personal trainer and these balloons are for um a congratulations for taking a first step (laughs) i mean he nails it he He nails nails it it. he always nails it yeah it was great it obviously not great justifiable information but he sells it and it's lovely and keenan should have been the lead that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) they should have cast keenan as the child and (laughs) 
and just pr- it just didn't say anything about it. I would have loved it. They, you mean they had that technology where they de-aged Robert De Niro? <laughs> they de-aged Robert De Niro and Al Pacino? <laughs> they could do it for Home Alone. Come on. But actually, you could just use archival footage from Nickelodeon, right? So <laughs> It's him in the bathtub doing a French accent the entire time. <laughs> oh, no, get out of my house. Okay, yeah, we came up with a much better movie, and we're, we've only been recording for, well, okay, 43 minutes. But <laughs> the point is, um, the point is, at this point in the movie, you probably hate Max, the little British kid, and you'd be justified in doing that. But now we get a whole scene with his family, some of whom are British and some of whom are Pete Holmes. <laughs> and so... Yes, right. And Pete Holmes is this, like, really annoying uncle guy. He clearly has... He's he's supposed to be the mean uncle from the original, right? Mm-hmm. I'm yes, assu- I'm assuming. Exactly. Like, at the he's parallel. the, well, now look what you've done, you little jerk. Like, he's that uncle, yes. Yes, yes. And he is uh, incredibly um, stressed and loud, which I think is pretty good for Pete. And they... <laughs> It, that whole that whole thing of uh, you know the alarm clock didn't go off et cetera et cetera that didn't happen. What their their specific problem is is that their flights got canceled and then they had to and rebook. But their the family is now separated onto two flights. By the way, yes. incredibly diverse family. There's a black lady for some reason, <laughs> uh, unexplained, and then I think an Asian child and like no other Asian adults. Like. Great by the standards of 2021, actually very inaccurate depiction of Winnetka, Illinois. Yeah, uh. very weird. But so, yeah, so pay attention. They are they have two flights, an early flight and a late flight. And a later flight. Meanwhile, everybody is being mean to Max because Max is a little shit and he deserves it. Yeah, they won't let him play video games, probably because he's the most annoying child ever to ever exist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... They do have a, a callback where they order pizza, but Max slinks away and hides in the garage in the car, which is yeah. sponsored by BMW because there's a very specific shot where we get to see him watching an iPad in the back of the BMW, and we see the big BMW logo <laughs> before we get some uh Is Looney it BMW or is it Mercedes? It was BMW. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we also, like, Andy Daly's in it. He has, like, one line as, as his dad. And I thought this was weird because the other scene his dad would have been in, which is the hotel room scene, uh, he's just not in. And it makes me wonder if Andy Daly shot that one scene and was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this movie anymore. <laughs> he is in the dinner scene at the very end. But oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. And then Chris Parnell isn't in that hotel scene either. He's behind the door going to the bathroom? <laughs> So they ADR'd in Chris yeah. Parnell. Could they, could they only get the hotel for like 10 minutes? <laughs> Very strange. Just what... But we do get to see that uh, Max, this horrible child, uh, you know, he's not getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of chaos going on. As an introvert, I understand that he would go and sit in the car and watch cartoons. That makes a lot of sense to me. But sure. I don't feel sympathetic towards him because he's yeah, but awful. I also understand why everyone hates him. Yeah, right. exactly. But he, everyone forgets about him, and he falls asleep in the car. The next yeah. morning, the the shuffle to get onto the plane. The airport. Okay, here's yeah. my question. So I'm the mom, right? I I know yeah. that there's an early flight and a late flight. I would want to fly with my children. Yes, I agree. And. As opposed to taking the early flight and putting your child on the late flight. Right. That doesn't make sense to me, but, you know, she didn't notice, I guess, that he wasn't there. 
and then Pete Holmes is shuffling everybody out of the house. But Rob Delaney shows up because he realizes that the doll is very valuable. He was on eBay looking at the doll and was yeah. like, I could get 200 grand or more from this. So he's like, I think that little shitty ass kid stole yeah. my it's, doll. It's not in the house anymore. And before we um, talk about uh, showing up at, at the British kid's house, we should talk about Rob Delaney's brother. Oh, yeah. Um, Jonah from Veep. Jonah from Veep. So there's some other backstory here, which is that Rob and Ellie are at their home, and Jonah from Veep and his wife and their kid, who are who are rich but just absolute pieces of shit, yeah. in a funny way, right. not in a grating way. In a likable, adorable uh, yeah. way. In the same way that Jonah from Veep is a huge piece of shit, but is the funniest character on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, show up. Uh, show up unexpectedly and are like, what's up, bro? We're chilling with you this weekend. Yes. Yeah, so um, the Jonah from Veep, super huge asshole, hilarious. The wife yeah. is very superficial. She shows yes. up in a miniskirt and boots, like can't walk in the snow. And I was like, me? That's me. Like th- thigh-high boots. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's absolutely how I would show up to a Christmas in the Midwest because I wanted to look hot. And then their child is apparently a kleptomaniac, steals a lot of things uh, from his car seat, and takes along with him. So let's check off Sklepto. So pin, pin in that. Pin in pin that. In that. <laughs> uh, and ultimately just annoy the shit out of Robinelli. But yeah. uh, amuse us. It's delightful. It's it's very funny. And it's when, you know, Rob Delaney, who is kicked out of his bed and sleeping on his couch because his brother's sleeping in his bed, is is on his laptop. He clicks through eBay. He sees the doll is worth $200. And $200,000. Like, $200,000, pardon me. Yes. And he's like, wait a second. That he goes and checks. He's like, it's not in the box. That British kid took my doll. But he remembers his name, looks up his address, and drives to the house as Pete Holmes and everyone are leaving for the airport. Exactly. And we, through Pete Holmes and his just ineptitude, we find out, uh, what the alarm code is for the house, which is 1112. And Rob Delaney <laughs> says, that's a bad code. That's a bad code. Love well, that. And we also, good delivery. Oh, yeah. And we also see uh, that the house keys are just under a potted plant. Yeah. yeah. So Rob Delaney sees this all. So he's like, okay, well, I actually could break into the house and get my doll back. Right. He sees through the window that the doll, there's something shaped like a doll in a, a jacket. And he's like, oh, yes. that's the kid's jacket. I'm just going to go in really fast. But he's a good person, and he immediately feels guilty once he puts the key in the lock after everyone drives away and decides against it. He just, yes. he, he can't do it. And in fact, his excuse, because his wife texts him, Ellie Kemper texts him, is like, where are you? And he texts her, out buying milk. <laughs> and you have a very funny gag where she opens the fridge, and the entire door is just like... 20 cartons of milk yeah and it's like almond milk soy milk every kind of milk you could ever want and uh and she holds up a half and half which is great what a lovely moment but ultimately he he comes back he's late for a a concert that they they do the bells Um, the the handbell choir yeah at and i can't believe this happened and it's amazing that it is happening at the end of the season at the Rosemont Senior Center. Are you serious, dude? <laughs> you you see the sign in an establishing shot. So Rosemont's novel of Rosemont is currently available on Amazon <laughs> and Smashwords. Uh, the ebook is five dollars. The print book is fifteen dollars, uh, and it's an enjoyable time uh, for the whole family. Yeah, I love uh, that not book. F- 
not for the whole family has a lot of swears i was gonna say don't no children shouldn't read that but it's really good and congratulations but yes he's late for and jim rash is the the choir director director. and uh academy award winning screenwriter jim rash he's incredible in it he's very he steals the show they do a very Mm. horrible rendition of god knows what song because it was Uh, rudolph the red nose right it was very bad jonah from veep taking video and laughing because it's just so bad and uh ellie kemper starts to get a little bit of an idea because she's like hmm so you weren't able to to go in and break do a break in and entering but maybe i could yeah interesting (laughs) so so during the song as they're like doing rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and like jonah is the audience going oh they're bad like they they are like hatching this plan like look we just get it there's nobody there which is wrong. There's nobody there. We get in, take the doll, get out. No, wait, it's our stuff. Like, it's our stuff we're taking back. And you get it. Like, it is actually a reasonable, um, I mean, like, I'm not, I- I'm saying this like I've planned out a similar crime. In, <laughs> it's just a misdemeanor. In, it's fine. In Well, that's what she says, too. <laughs> yeah. In movie logic, it is actually a perfectly fine justification for why would these two people break into someone's house? Yeah. I agree. I also think, uh, give it back. You know? What yeah. little, why are you stealing people's shit? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> while they're hatching that plan, we cut back to Max. He's woken up now. Everybody's left, and he realizes that he's home alone. Yes. Uh, and so then we, get, we apparently have to care. We gotta do a montage. Um... Oh, sorry, one side note. The name of the handbell choir was the Ne'er-Do-Bells. Yeah, uh, loved that. A-plus joke, A-plus So joke. good. Um, okay, so now we get a montage. Um, he's building a bunch of... He builds London Bridge with Legos, which I don't appreciate the British jingoism in my American film. <laughs> uh, there's a terrible terrible sight gag where he like puts a pile of m&ms on the table and like snorts it like like um al pacino and scarface yeah yeah and then puts a lot of whipped cream and sprinkles in his mouth it's uh because you don't like this child you're like why is he enjoying himself we dislike him this is literally i wrote in my notes and i took notes by hand because my wife watched the first half of this with me and then halfway through she was like you can finish this on your own (laughs) um uh i wrote down it's very important to me that this child die (laughs) (laughs) honestly yeah so uh so he like tries on uh like his dad's clothes then he tries on his mom's clothes i guess it's good that he knows gender is a construct unlike some british people yeah and so it's you know it's like it's just long and bad and awful see with um home alone one when Kevin is left alone and he finally gets the freedom, it makes a lot of sense because he was dealing with his brother being awful. His yeah. uncle was just so terrible to him. Uncle was such a piece of shit. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was just mean to Kevin. It wasn't so much that they weren't paying attention to him. They were intentionally being mean. But with this child, he was probably annoying everyone, which makes a lot of sense. The why, Like, he was leaving his Legos all over the ground 
and Andy Daly steps on it, and he's like, you need to clean up. And he's like, uh, why is everybody getting up on me? It's like, you didn't clean up your Legos. They didn't clean up your Legos, asshole. Yeah, so like, when he my- is enjoying himself and having a nice time, I'm like, you don't deserve this alone time, you little shithead. No. <laughs> you really, like, guys, it sounds like we're being mean. Watch the movie. You're going to hate this kid. I know. That's why <laughs> I felt terrible watching this, because I was feeling homicidal towards a child. Yeah. You're gonna hate this kid. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to Robinelli's home. Um, uh, the uh, Jonah and the kids are watching a movie. Hey, wait a second. It's a sci-fi movie, but it has the same dialogue as the gangster movie from the first Home Alone. Oh, and uh, then Jonah from yeah. Veep says, oh, this is garbage. The remakes are never as good as the original. Hey. And then I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> I'm watching a dang remake right now. And guess what? And so... It's not as good as the original. It's not as good as the original. And look, look, I'm not going to pretend like Home Alone changed my life. You can go back and listen to the episode where we landed on was like, it's fine. It's for children. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. Uh, as movies, as far as movies for children go, it's it's decent. Um, this movie's just unwatchable whether you are a child <laughs> or adult. I think it has uh, some terrible lessons for children. Yeah. Which is be a little oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, while so this is all happening, Rob and Ellie are, like, you know, kind of percolating on this idea of should we literally commit a crime? Should right. we break into a house if it means we're going to save our home and our family gets to keep living here? Right. Ultimately, and, they decide that they must. Yeah. Because like, they're doing it Ellie, for their kids. Ellie Kemper has a vision set to, and this was actually kind of funny, set to the Home Alone song yes. somewhere in my memory, where she like remembers all the wonderful Christmases she and Rob and then their eventual children had together in that home. Yes, it's very sweet. And then she has some some little floating talking heads of her children that are like, save the house, Mom. Yeah, we want to <laughs> grow up here. Very funny, very ridiculous. I like yeah, the, the difference... For me, I'm realizing that the tones of the scenes with Rob and Ellie are just absurdity, but the tone mm-hmm. with the horrible child, Max, are more serious. Yes. And that it's, is the, weird. It's more grounded, which is wrong because he's the more absurd character. Exactly. It's very strange. But eventually they do decide that they're going to do it, and they're going to do it during their daughter's choir performance. Yes. So they're going to sneak out while their daughter's performing in choir. And and, um, and they're just going to get in, get out. That'll be the end of it. And they... Um, oh, no, 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 it won't. Because this movie is kind of long. <laughs> it's honestly not that long. It's 90 minutes long, but it feels it much feels longer. It feels really long. And so um, they drive to... Or no, they do they... Hang on, do they go to church yet? No, they go to the house to case it, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. And this is where this is one of my one of my favorite Rob Delaney lines, which is, "Pam, you should know I watched an episode of Locked Up on demand. <laughs> I can't I can't go to prison. I wouldn't last one minute in Gen Pop." And she's like, "What's Gen Pop?" <laughs> oh no! Um, Did I lose you? Oh no! Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Fine. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't last one minute in Gen Pop. So um, that was funny, but <laughs> Ellie Kemper looked up that it was a, a misdemeanor. Um, and they, you know, kind of like look at the house from a distance and kind of case it and walk around it. Also, 
um, the alarm system is on, but Max, the kid, just doesn't set off the alarm. What's that about? Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, they are, as they are walking around the house, they are talking, and Max only overhears part of the conversation, and this is kind of the important part. Um, They hear, Max hears Rob and Ellie say, we just gotta get that stupid little baby and we can sell him for $2,000 so some old lady can just brush his hair. And Rob and Ellie are referring to the doll, but Max thinks they are referring to him. Yes, yes. They're going to sell him to some little old lady who's going to pay $200,000 to have him just sit there and, like, be with all of her old lady friends. And then the little kid has an image a vision yeah. of him being fed disgusting old lady candies and old ladies taking out their teeth and touching his face. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. So this is the justification for why Max is going to end up torturing these two people. Yes, he thinks he's going to uh, be sold off. He thinks he's going to be sold off. So on the one hand, it's good that there is a justification because if it was literally Max stole their doll and was torturing these people for his own entertainment, um, <laughs> that that's not okay. That's a different kind um, of movie. That's it. Like I already watched Squid Game. It's great, <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's not what I want to watch in my Home Alone movies. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no. So uh, so now he has a justification. Now the justification is very stupid. Yes. And again. If they had a 90-second conversation, they'd resolve this. Absolutely. But but in any event, uh, Max um, calls the police, uh, and um, and the cop shows up, and hey, wouldn't you know it. Hmm. They do a, a nice long <laughs> shot on the officer's <laughs> name tag. It's fucking Buzz, because it's of Buzz course it's Buzz McAllister, because Buzz McAllister is a bully, and of course it would track that he's a cop. It's like, wait a second, this is the guy from the first movie who was an insecure, sadistic piece of shit, and you're telling me he became a police officer? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so... uh <laughs> I do appreciate it's a similar message we've seen in a lot of our films, including the Saturday Night Live films, the message that the cops are actually worthless in situations <laughs> like this. Yes, we do appreciate that kind of message. In the end, Ellie Kemper uh, flirts with him a little bit. Tries to flirt with him. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I was the 1999 Veiled Prophet Queen of Love and Beauty. <laughs> and Buzz loves it. He's an unmarried cop. Uh, and, you know points out that he's not wearing a ring <laughs> and eventually is like okay so this is fine you guys you know go on your merry way have a merry christmas and leaves them behind but max is watching from the window and he's like arrest them arrest them but he leaves yeah and he calls cops bobbies to be clear <laughs> and so <laughs> so uh yeah so buzz McAllister leaves um and in fact we do get in fairness, we do get a justification later that um, someone that that eventually the mom calls into the Winnetka Police Department to say, "My son's home alone. Can you send a cop to check on him?" And Buzz like Buzz is like, "No, that's a prank call. My brother calls that in every year because we left him home alone once, well, twice." Right. And if you notice, when uh, Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper go in to the house, 
they the security system yeah they put in the wrong code in the security system but the security system is called McAllister home security which is what yeah. Kevin ended up becoming right. I guess yes but as always Kieran ended up ahead because he got <laughs> succession uh, so um, and also Scott so, okay. Pilgrim and oh god Scott Pilgrim's so fucking good so dude. good so good <laughs> that's the that's the sort of thing I want to watch to pick me up out of this funk yeah I'm gonna uh, watch that so. a little later um, so, all that said, um, we now go to the hotel room in Japan. A bizarre scene to me. Incredibly bizarre. <laughs> Pete Holmes is justifying that he left the child behind by being like, "Well, you didn't tell me that you were leave or that he wasn't on the flight with you." Uh, ultimately, just being a huge asshole. Also, he's wearing a really funny wig. Like, what happened and- to his hair? And Pete Holmes being like, I have to yell every line so people remember I'm in this movie. <laughs> I love me I love me some Petey Holmes, but over the last few years, he has been really hard to listen to. I had to stop listening to his podcast because he does yeah. yell quite a bit. Pete Holmes, you know, we love you. I always confused you with the guy who hosted at midnight, but I think he's a sex creep. Oh, uh, <laughs> and so Chris Hardwick? Yes. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, so, you know, good for you for getting the paycheck, I guess. But yeah, he yells a lot. Andy Daly, who plays Max's dad, is not in this scene. Nope. Chris Parnell is 80 yard in. He's behind you only the door. Hears, only hears dialogue from off camera. And the mom, of course, is breaking down. She's like, we're in Tokyo, and my son is back in Winnetka, the Tokyo of Illinois, and <laughs> I need to get back home to see him. But it's so weird because it's just everyone yelling at each other and, like, half the principal cast, it feels like, was supposed to be there but wasn't. Yeah. Maybe they had to limit people because of COVID. Who knows? Did they shoot, Maybe, did they like, shoot this during COVID? Probably. Yeah, they, they would have. Um, God, okay. Well, let me think. I'm trying to think of the rest of this. No, because there's scenes that, like, they have the whole family in the house. They have an open house scene. They have some scenes with crowds. They have the church. They the have a airport. whole. Um, they have all sorts of extras in the church and the airport. Yeah. Um. So, no idea. No, no idea. idea. It just this. it doesn't make sense. But anyway, the mom leaves and mm. she goes to the airport to sit and stand by. Has a little racist interchange with the incredibly racist interchange. Yes, with the person at the desk the counter of the airline uh who was on how to get away with murder so good for them ah, that uh good for them yeah but ultimately <laughs> finds her way uh onto a flight and is headed back mm-hmm. but you know what's a, a flight from tokyo to chicago it's quite long yeah it'd be a long long flight yeah she's yeah. probably connecting somewhere uh meanwhile um if we get to uh the the church it's time for the choir concert and so the whole Rob and Ellie's family goes. The daughter, the teenage daughter, is singing in the choir concert. Um, and it's in the church. And it's interesting because it's in the church. And Max also goes to the church at the same time to, as I understand it, steal toys from the toy drive, the charity toy yeah, drive. Yeah, th- it says on there, I think he goes like the same way Kevin McAllister went to church on Christmas. He rode his bike to... Mm-hmm. Uh, the church, you know, long shots of the nativity scene made me think of your Italian nativity scene. I was like, this is nowhere near as cool as Tony's Italian <laughs> nativity scene. And uh, then sees a sign that says toys for kids. But he doesn't say this is where he, he doesn't see where it says donate them. So he t- asks mm-hmm. the old woman who is in charge of the toy drive if he could have a shopping cart, please. 
<laughs> I just uh, like they, what they a call, horrible little child. They call it a shopping lorry in Britain, and so <laughs> they, they. I'm running out of these, and so they, they, you know, he go. And it's like I don't know. Is there comedy in? A kid being left home alone, being a shit to everyone, going to a charity toy drive and being like, Oi, may I have a shopping cart? Like, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even if I was a kid, I wouldn't get the joke. It's a, just, it's a little it's, too nuanced of a joke for a child to get, too. It's more like, if you're just asking for a shopping cart, that's like an A to C. And kids, <laughs> you normally want to do the A to B. And it's, <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's a too, it's, that's, you know, that's advanced improv. Yeah, yeah you so, gotta go dumb it down to 101. 101 level guy. Come so, on, Mikey Gay. Um, <laughs> we know you took 101, Mikey Gay. <laughs> Keenan um Keenan shows up at the church just like sneaks in behind. And he's great. He 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 did make me smile every time he was on screen. He is so delightful. But he's like He's like, "Guys, we have an offer on the house. Um we got to get back to him uh this week." So, like now um, there's there's a clock ticking, right? Mm-hmm. So if Robinelli can steal the doll back, they can keep their house. But they if they don't, they should just make the decision to sell their house to Little Esther, and uh, and then they're uh, and then they're uh, you know they they have to move. So now there's a clock on this. They're like, we gotta steal the doll tonight. So we're gonna sneak out during the concert. So during the concert, they sneak out. They go to the fancy houses in Winnetka. It's a very long musical sequence of them trying and failing to climb a wall. Yeah, but there's a gate right there, two yeah, feet away. Yeah, there's a gate. There's a gate right there. Rob Delaney, his pants come off at one he point. Farts he farts in Ellie's face. This is like this is the moment. This is like probably a halfway point, maybe a little over the halfway point. This is where it feels to me like Rob Delaney gave up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like in the first half of this movie, he is trying and and delivering. Like yes. his his. The lines that he gets are funny, and he's selling them. And from this point forward, I feel like he's just like, look, I'm just going to hit my mark and say the words. Yeah, same with Ellie. I think, you know, they did their best with the stunts that they were allowed to do. But it was very half-hearted. Yeah, Yeah. and also it turns out they're in the wrong home. (laughs) Yeah, they were in the next-door neighbor's house. And uh, eventually they do end up under the balcony of where little annoying max lives and he hears them say it again we need to get that ugly baby child the right. ugly little boy and so sell we can him. sell him for two hundred thousand dollars. and then he and then we get the home alone montage of yes. him having a battle plan and so he yes. has a little so, chalkboard and he starts being devious yeah so they're like we're gonna come back at midnight again loudly announcing the time they're going to return <laughs> to the house um we're gonna come back at midnight we're gonna get that doll we're gonna uh, we're gonna get the doll and so um we do have the montage and the montage they spent the entire budget of this film on the montage yeah a hundred percent yeah and also i am dreading it (laughs) i'm dreading it because it's this child and he's destroying his home yes to do this um and so they, you know, they, they, he's like got this thing drawn up in the chalkboard. We get all these really fancy wipes and transitions as the kid is um, uh, putting all the finishing touches, throwing the Legos on the floor. Because, oh man, if you step on a Lego, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. And then he also loads a gun full of pool balls. Yes. Because that's way worse. Yes, he also has a <laughs> Nerf gun where he 
uh, glues thumbtacks to the end of the Nerf darts. Jesus Christ, that's brutal. That's very brutal. Like some, so, like shit that you could like seriously kill people with. Also, um, does the world of Home Alone is this in the world of Home Alone? Like, have they seen Home Alone? Well, no, no, obviously Home Alone is not diegetic to this universe because <laughs> Buzz McAllister is still a character. Right, right, right. right. Okay, interesting. So, you know... <laughs> it's not like it's not like in Ocean's 12 when Julia Roberts' character gets through something by pretending she's Julia Roberts. Right, <laughs> right. okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, okay. and the audience, I, listeners, I know you're all like, yes, finally, an Ocean's 12 <laughs> reference, but... We got one in. We got one in. But, uh, yeah, so we finally get to the main torture scene. Yes. Uh, yeah, the kid gets his gun out. Uh, the carol of the bells ends. He says, locked and loaded. And it's act three, motherfuckers. <laughs> and so uh, we... Uh, so, look. Rob and Ellie make a lot of bad decisions here. Yeah. Now, they're not, they're not set up to succeed. I'm going to say that. Right. But, um, you know, like, the first thing that Max does, he freezes the entire street over. So uh, he just pours water all, all out in the street. It freezes over. And so when, when Rob and Ellie drive up, they actually slam their car into a uh, street lamp. Right. Okay. Okay. Pretty good. You know what? I'm going to say legit in terms of that's a mistake I would expect them to make, and that's a good trap to set. If I were defending my home from burglars, I would do the same thing. Yeah. That's great. Then it's very uh, Max brutal. also. Yes, it's it's incredibly violent, but it works. Then Max also leaves milk and cookies on the doorstep for Santa, and Rob Delaney says, "I'm going to eat and drink these things." <laughs> and the stupid little child put a bunch of hot sauce in the chocolate sauce that he put on top yes. of the cookies. So Rob Delaney yeah. takes a bite, and then burns his the inside of his mouth and goes and eats snow. Yeah, it's great. So that's funny, I guess. Um, and then uh, the the other thing is he, um, what's he do? He shoves the Mentos in the two-liter coat. Right. Um, and he throws it off the balcony at Ellie Kemper. It blows up in her face. And her response is, I'm going to repeatedly kick this so that it sprays me more in my face. Yes, and he throws more and more and more of them. And she's telling him, actually, wait, we would just like to talk. Yeah. Which is originally what they should have done. Which is originally what they should have done. Now, I get it. Like, I, I get that he doesn't want to talk. He thinks they're trying to sell him into child slavery. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not going well, like, for Rob and Ellie. And, in fact, I think Rob says at one point, this is not going well. Right. Which is kind of funny because he's saying it, but also, like, just the most blatant exposition you can put in a movie. Right, yes. And also he's phoning it in at the time. Yes. Oh, he's definitely phoning it at this point. Um, and so uh, then this is the most incredible prank to me. This is just utterly insane to me. So he, he comes in the front door. Max shoots him in the head with a pool ball, um, which is brutal, right? Mm -hmm. Knocks him flat out. And Max puts a VR headset, like an Oculus, on him. Puts a VR headset on him. And Rob Delaney you know re regains consciousness and he's like oh no am i suddenly in a mountain like am i suddenly in the alps yeah he's like am i dead 
is this heaven? Like, what? Like, it doesn't occur to him, like, to reach out and touch anything, like, to... To touch his own face because there's pressure around his eyes where an ocular... Because he's wearing a fucking headset! Yeah, logic doesn't work here. No. <sighs> and so he he sees that he's at the edge, the precipice of a cliff, and jumps and, you know, jumps into, like, a decorative shelf, and everything <sighs> breaks, and he falls. And then he realizes... After Ellie hits him in the head with the door, that there's like glitching, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm wearing a VR set." It's very <laughs> dumb. It's very, um, you know, they set up Rob Delaney to be actually a very smart person. Yeah. And then he he's just a, gets he's really a, dumb he's a really computer fast. programmer. Yeah. yeah. Not a fan. <sighs> like, it's just and and like I don't know if we need to go through every single torture device he has and we already listed most of them but like the violence seems way more over the top than the original home alone to me maybe i haven't seen the original home alone in a year yeah. but um the entire scene is 16 minutes it feels forever yeah also because um, you are rooting for these villains these thieves you're rooting for robin ellie yeah and so to have them keep getting pummeled by a child that you want to pummel is very difficult to stomach yeah so it eventually like they come to the climactic showdown it comes out kid kid doesn't have the doll kid doesn't have the doll they're like look we just want the doll we need yeah. we need the doll just give it back what was in his pocket was actually the soda was a so- fucking soda so he did steal something but he stole the soda sorry that you had to watch the movie guys uh the doll was never there yeah and so Um, but then they also find out that max has been left alone which yes in the original movie uh kevin McAllister is alone for a long time because for we we get to see the mom played by What's her name? The, the wonderful Catherine O'Hara. The wonderful Catherine O'Hara. We get to see her struggle with, like, feeling like a failure of a mother, you know, going right. through, uh, you know, meeting John Candy, going through, yes, going yes. through it, having a hard time, and then ultimately, you know, asking for his forgiveness when she gets there. And it's, like, a really lovely moment, and you, you see the emotional toll that it took on her as well. But in this one... Uh, also, Kevin was alone for a long time and like went grocery shopping and stuff. But yes. this kid yeah. just was fucking stealing from a toy drive, making a it's mess like two in the days, house. Yeah. yeah. And so ultimately, he admits, you know, it's just me. It's just my. I don't know where my family is. I have no way to call them. And Ellie immediately goes into mom mode and is like, "We're gonna take care of you until they get back," which I don't mm-hmm. think I would have done. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, you're home alone? Okay. And then I would have just called the cops. It's like, okay, yeah, is there a relative maybe you can stay with yeah. that's not me? Yeah, and so they they call the mom and it's like, he's safe with us. Everything is fine. And I I mean, that's that's kindness that I would not extend to such a I am not child. good enough to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, that still leaves the mystery of where the doll went. Tony, where is the doll? Well, as it turns out, Nadia, it was just one room over the whole time from where Rob Delaney had put yes, it. Yes, remember Chekhov's uh, klepto, the child? Yeah, the little cousin took it into the room. That's that's it. That's how they resolve the doll storyline, is it's like, uh, actually, it was just in the other room yes. the whole time. So the little cousin had it. He threw it up into the air. Everybody dove. They needed a little more slapstick. Everybody dove to get it. But in the <laughs> end, guess who saved it? It was Max. Yeah. 
doesn't make me like him. No, honestly. not at all. Um, He's a horrible little shit. But then the mom eventually shows up to their house, um, you know, thanks them, of course, for it. There, this isn't an emotional reunion for me because I don't care. No, ultimately, I don't care. Yeah. I don't want either of these people to be happy, <laughs> the child or the mom. Yes, uh, but they, they, instead of, you know, it wrapping it up there, we have a J.K. Rowling-style epilogue that we don't need. <laughs> it's just god you know it is like 19 years later is truly like with the exception of maybe the gilmore girls netflix miniseries like the worst <laughs> just the worst epilogue that there's ever been this one is pointless it doesn't actually make me angry but it's like the two families are like friends now rob delaney found another job uh they're celebrating Christmas together, and then the British kid is like, Oi, wanker, may I have, oi, Ted Lasso, may I have one of them, uh, one of them shiny orange sodas for a hay penny? And, uh, and Rob, and Rob Delaney's like, uh, I don't know, and then Ellie Kemper's like, uh, give him the soda, remember what happened last time, and then we all have a laugh, and we cut to the credits. Yeah, we also find out with the money, they were able to pay the mortgage, they were able to go to Europe, and they were able to fix the house. I don't think that they should have been the ones to fix the house. The ki- It's the kid's <laughs> fault. They, the kid That's did fair. the booby traps. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Also, $200,000 wouldn't stretch that far. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, having, having just had to uh, redo my entire basement... <laughs> <laughs> which is not very big <laughs> and uh and now having to redo a different uh room in my house which is also <laughs> flooded separately from a separate incident uh it would probably cost them a lot of money yeah <laughs> yeah but you know that's the end uh we that's don't end. end up liking the child anymore like the sympathy that i should feel for a child that was left home alone Nothing never there. crept up into my body it was more of like ugh, when is this gonna end nothing there yeah do you think do you think here's a question for somebody who went through the comedy world of ucb yeah and also in my case groundlings do you think that there's something which i'm super proud of and bring up at every opportunity yeah i do i do have my certificate framed and on my wall just because i spent so much money that it's like i did that but uh Do you think that this lacked an emotional core because everybody in the comedy world, for the most part, is incredibly um, ironically detached? Yes. I mean, yes. And that's something that um, I think. I'm making a huge, uh, I'm casting huge aspersions here because I'm not saying everybody was. But for the most part, most of the people that we came up with were very ironically detached emotionally. Well, yes, but but so was I. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, like if you if you spend all your time with comedians, um, that starts to happen. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> and so, and so, like, and and you know, to be fair, my teachers at UCB did say this, and like Ian Roberts has written about it, and like, and not not to be like Ian Roberts is great, like he clearly doesn't know how to run a theater, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like is like the best thing you can do um to improve your comedy is to like have like have a life outside of comedy (laughs) like to spend time with your friends and 
um, you know, have hobbies and interests and a job and stuff that you care about and other things. But if you spend all your time just trying to one-up each other, or if you spend all your time just trying to, like, reprocess and remix something old from your childhood and have that count as comedy, which, to be fair, is what we do on this podcast all the time. Right, sure. But we also, I like to think, and, and especially, you know, this is the value that I think you really have brought to this podcast from from the beginning is you always made sure that because I, I, I said let's do this podcast where we watch this movies these movies and you said yes but let's be nice about it yeah and thanks friend and i am was, strange and nice and that was like but that was like important is like okay well what if we what if we also talked about okay why we thought it was funny back then and why we don't think it's the same anymore and um why how how it affects our friendship that i usually think everything's kind of dumb and you you don't <laughs> um, and so you know i think i i think if you are somebody who is in the comedy machine and, the, and you know 10 years ago uh, nadia and i were both in ucb at a time when ucb was absolutely at the height of its power mm-hmm. um if you are someone who is in whatever version of the machine that is today you will probably be guilty to some degree i think of that sort of ironic detachment i don't know i'm just rambling at this no point. no i think you're 100 percent right uh and i appreciate the compliments it's very nice it's you know it's just because i am naturally very emo and also just stereotypically very emo but i think there is a certain amount of emotionality that comedy has to have because it would make it grounded and rooted in empathy sympathy because you know you want to yeah. grab the audience you want to grab the audience by the heart and the balls you know what i mean and i think that's why that's why early will ferrell tends to be more impactful than a lot of the later stuff because the Mm -hmm. emotional core of a lot of things was gone um i think that's why judd apatow's stuff worked at the beginning as well but i think he went too far into grabbing by the heart rather than the balls and also his movies are also like yeah and also like what if this was three hours right Um, but i do i do think that uh, it's quite obvious to me that a comedy writer wrote this movie and not, you know, John that, Hughes. That it was a guy who also write, well, two guys, I guess, who also write for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, which means which means they were in some improv theater, right? right. Um, and, you know, spending all their time being like, all right, guys, get in here. Uh, <laughs> and doing, doing just group scenes where it's just a bunch of comedians trying to one-up each other. Right, exactly. And uh, I don't think that lent to the whole disney machine which is disney wants you to feel i mean i wouldn't say that with like when they acquired marvel because i guess (laughs) i mean fuck that disney wants you to feel things uh except for some very specific parts of their portfolio that they would like you to just buy yeah 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 yeah. just buy things but uh, you know uh but i think that's why um black panther was so impactful because they did kind of go for more of the emotional story with yeah, Black Panther yeah. and all those characters and everything, it was his mother and the yeah and the yes yeah. that was good. It's a shame they're probably never going to make the second one. I now. know. So what a fumble, Leti- what Letitia, Letitia Wright. What a- yeah, Letitia uh, is it Letitia Letitia James. Um, I don't know because I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry, I don't know any of the actors except for Robert Downey Jr. But apparently his character is dead. I don't know. <laughs> Look, here's here's what I'm gonna say. If I were an actor and if i were in um letitia wright pardon me i was right yes uh, letitia 
Yeah, Letitia James uh, is the name I almost said, and I believe she's the Attorney General of New York. Uh, and so, <laughs> so this is, these are the kinds uh, of things that we see on our own feeds. Like mine is Letitia yeah. Wright, and yours is Letitia James. <laughs> so um, Letitia Letitia Wright um, it basically has quit the film. Like if I were an actor mm-hmm. in a very very successful franchise, Marvel in one of the most successful chapters of the successful franchise, mm-hmm. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. If I was the second build actor, and then the lead actor died, mm-hmm. and then hey, all of a piece. sudden I was the lead actor, and then Disney said, hey, if you want to be the lead actor of one of our most successful franchises, you just have to get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> I would do I'd it! Prob- I'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's its own thing. That is its yeah. own thing. A major, major fumble of the bag for sure. But I, huge, but just to go back to fumbling. my to my original uh, <laughs> point, I think having they should have had somebody who wrote actual movies with an emotional <laughs> core to help these guys because the not having an emotional core made the actual star which is the child because it's based on the original movie which was based on a child i think that that could have helped us feel sympathy for both parties so that the and comedy you know might have worked and you know why the original home alone had an emotional core well who wrote that one mr fucking emo high school man himself john Hughes. <laughs> high school man Emo high school man. They should have had story by. They should have had him write the script. Yeah, I'm sure he wanted nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, he was probably like no. Uh, so that that is my theory on why this didn't work. I think the actors were the supporting cast was as good as it could have been, but they weren't all mm-hmm. working with much. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, this movie sucks. I was going to do a thing where I pulled up my Disney Plus and saw what they were recommending for me now. Um, Mine is all Lizzie McGuire content. I feel like, after I watched Lizzie McGuire movie, my recommendations were like, oh, I get it now, you're a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, Tony. Just like, you you might also enjoy Hannah Montana. You might also enjoy the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Um, I'm kind of nervous with uh, people people coming at us about the the it hasn't come out yet since as of uh the 14th when we're recording i'm nervous about how people are going to respond to my final thoughts about the lizzie mcguire movie being somewhat toxic i'm very nervous about it (laughs) because people are very excited about this episode we were getting more comments and like dms about this one than any of the movies that oh yeah no people people were excited for that yeah no i think i you persuaded me I mean, okay. Um, scared. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but now, um, yeah, now my recommendations are kind of all over the place. I think, I think it really, um, I really kind of. We did watch a broad variety of Disney movies. Yeah, are you getting um, a lot of Tim are, Allen as well? I am getting Tim Allen. Um, I am getting some Robin Williams. Nice. Uh, three Robin Williams films: Flubber, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Jack. Only one of which, Mrs. Doubtfire, I would say is like even halfway acceptable as a movie <laughs> please don't ever make me watch jack tony i don't want to watch that ever uh, no. again that movie fucked me up uh, when i was a child the only animated film in my recommended for you on disney plus is pixar's luca which i'm assuming they are recommending for racist reasons <laughs> i can't believe you haven't seen that yet i just i i don't know i haven't had time to watch it Maybe honestly watch i it haven't tonight. either it's fine yeah <laughs> 
I just thought that you <laughs> you specifically would be like, oh man, I gotta watch the Italian Pixar movie. It didn't. I mean, I know, nobody talks about it, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do our friends at Common Sense Media have anything to say about we, this film? This is the final Common Sense Media review <laughs> of the season. We finally got some reviews. Most people hated it. There was only one review that was positive, and I'm not going to read it because it was incredibly stupid. But there are two that really stood out to me. I'm going to read both for you now. The first one is a one-star parent review. They said, The spoiled, undisciplined rich kid uses the bathroom of a struggling family who is forced to sell their home at Christmas. He is rude to the struggling dad, who later thinks the child stole the doll that is the, quote, lottery ticket that will save his home for Christmas. The rich, undisciplined child hurts the struggling family and takes toys from a church meant for poor poor children. He never gives it back. I don't like seeing struggling families hurt, even if they do so because they assumed the child stole the doll. He did, in fact, steal from them. He took a giant soda and put it in his pocket, which, if you're financially struggling, is horrible to have food taken at Christmas. They assumed he took the doll because the undisciplined mom uses them for their bathroom during an open house, and the child did, in fact, steal from them. Had she, had she not cheated the system and used the poor family, none of this would have happened. It is awful. Do not watch if you care about the struggles of working families. Maybe this was meant for meant to be a commentary on the way the rich steal from and then blame the poor, but I don't think the kids will get the message. <laughs> this person is obviously pro-union, which I'm I, all about. And, and hey, you know, solidarity, but uh, that's, uh, that's honestly a pretty good review. <laughs> Incredibly deranged, and I loved it. So um, the, the second review... Anyway, so I think it's time to reveal, Nadia. Uh, that was my Common Sense Media time. <laughs> the deranged pro-union reviews on Common Sense Media. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came forward. Thank you for yeah. your service, comrade. Um, okay, this one, please pay attention to the first part and then the second part. <laughs> Okay? This is a four-star parent review. This is a positive one. The cast is great. I'll watch anything with Ellie Kemper. The plot is a little disjointed here and there, but overall, there were a lot of laughs. Nothing too terrible for this conservative family. (laughs) They watched it because Ellie Kemper... Is the princess is of whatever. Veil, Veil Prophet, Queen of Love and Beauty, 1999. Holy shit. Yeah. So I think I think we stumbled onto a very specific corner of Common Sense Media. I went to that person's account, and they do write a <laughs> lot of reviews. It's like, God's Not Dead 4. You wouldn't <laughs> think they could keep their franchise alive, but oh boy. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of very uh, similar reviews to this for a lot of problematic people. They really love, they lo- they love a Johnny Depp. Um, well, uh, as always, uh, Nadia, you've given me a lot to think about. Um, I, uh, I really liked this season. It was fun. It was fun to revisit some childhood favorites and then fun to revisit 11 other movies. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite Um, movie of the season, do you think? So, I'm glad you asked. I actually, uh, got letter grades for every movie this season. Oh. Um, so, the movie, the two movies which I gave an unqualified A to were Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Enchanted, which I'm guessing yes. were probably your two favorites. Yes, those too. were my two favorites as well. 
but I will say Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan got an A minus. Oh, I would have said a B plus. Yeah, it was it was also very good. It was much better than I remembered it. Yes, also just the soundtrack um, is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, most of the other films were D's. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, quadruple D's. Yeah. So <laughs> So, yeah, Nadia, uh what was your least favorite? I'm interested to hear that. Um probably Honestly, probably this one. No, yeah, mine too. I mean, I don't know. There were a lot of really bad ones, to be honest. But the ones that I had a great time revisiting and know that I'm going to be watching again in the future is our Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Enchanted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Freaky Friday, absolutely. I could live without because it's fine. But uh, <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids really blew it out of the water for me as far as like childhood movies that I forgot about. It's like, oh, I I need to watch this a lot. This is really good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's emo- see, it's, it has an emotional it's, core. It's well made. It's well acted. Yes, and it's like it's so good. It's things that when you're a kid they're scary, and when you're an adult they're funny. I mean, yeah. it's brilliant. It's really good. It's brilliant. And also, you know, the it teaches you about life and death. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're they still killed sad the about, ants. You're still sad about the ants. I can't okay. believe they did that. I can't believe it. It was very intense. <laughs> Listeners, if there's anything to take away from this season, it's that we can't believe they killed the ants. Yes, I'm very excited for next season, but take your time being a double dad. Yes, Uh, we will be back in the future. I don't know when yet, um, because we have to, like, have a baby and then raise the baby. uh, And, uh, you know, that tends to, to take a little time. But... You know, I, I said last time we had a, a, a baby, I was like, uh, well, you know, I probably will never have time to do the podcast again. And uh, and then in 2020, the funniest thing <laughs> happened <laughs> where we were all trapped in our homes and me and Nadia were like, hey, you know what might be fun as uh, we do another season of the podcast. And then we did four more because <laughs> it's something I love doing and I love spending time with my best friend Nadia. Oh! So. I'm gonna cry. I'm very excited. I I know that our listeners are gonna miss you, but I'm gonna probably miss you the most. So you know, definitely send me lots of pics of the babes. Oh, we will. Uh, we will. Um, not you, listeners. There's we do not post pictures of of the Ginocchio children on on, on social no, media. No. Um, and if you want any, get fucked. You're not <laughs> weirdos. Anyways, fucking goddamn, just ugh, I hate you so much. Anyways, you can always support the show at uh, ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash probably should have link is in the show notes. Um, you probably won't do that a lot when we're not making new episodes, but eh, you never know. Uh, and then our social media is. Uh, probably should have at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you in season six. Oi, goodbye then. In it. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead.